right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 145 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. Welcome to the show. I hope you enjoy it. And most of all, if you do, please consider whatever app you're using. If there's a way to rate the show, giving the show a four-star or five-star rating helps the algorithm so that anybody else looking for a weight loss-related podcast, it will help them find this show. Please consider rating the show if the app you're using on your phone enables you to do so. Also consider sharing the show with anyone you know in the same position we are all in. The only way this show grows is by the word of mouth of you spreading it. If this show has done anything for you, please consider supporting by spreading the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I got a ton to talk about today. Let's get into this! Journey updates. I am down this week 10.6 pounds. Total lost for the month of June so far is 6.6 pounds. Total loss since January 2019, 165.8 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone, 9.2 pounds. Total pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone, 34.2 pounds. Phase 2, week 2 of my transition to a lower-carb lifestyle ended with one day that was a fail, and another, and then the other four days were success. So the goal for phase two is to average under 200 grams of carbs a day. Meanwhile, keeping everything else we've already been working on the same. So that's really the only change for phase two. So week 10 of this whole thing, the calorie average daily was 2,292 calories, which is under the 2300 goal and way under the baseline, which was 2652. The week 10 protein average was 247 grams per day. The protein goal 
is 229 grams per day. Our baseline protein numbers were 188. So I'm very happy where protein is. Week 10 carb average was 200 grams. I missed it by one gram. Week one, phase two, was a terrible week. And this is a nice turnaround. We flipped the switch. We made the changes that needed to be made, and we're moving forward. Week 10 fat average was 66 grams per day. The goal for fat is 90 grams per day. And baseline is 45.8 grams per day. So we're working our way up toward 90. And maybe we'll reach there, phase three, phase four. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Every once in a while, a weigh-in does something special for me. It causes me to have some real eye-opening moments. And it causes me to reflect every once in a while. And this past weigh-in on Saturday, June 17th, was one of those weigh-ins. Doesn't happen often, but it happens. After four weeks of gaining, I came back last week and I stepped on the scale and I was down 10.6 pounds. Now, I always have to keep things in perspective. I don't want to take away anything from the loss. It's a wonderful loss. It's a great number. And like I've told you before, whether you lose or gain, you have to ask yourself one question every week. Am I I at goal today, whether I lose or gain? Am I anywhere near goal today, whether I lose or gain? If the answer is no, then there's still plenty of work to do. Get focused, get back to work. So when I have losses like this, because I do typically deal with water retention and I have gains, huge gains, I have huge losses, these are things I deal with. So when I see a huge loss like this, I have to keep my mind in check. I have to keep it in perspective that, do I actually believe I lost 10 pounds of fat? To be honest with you, no. I don't believe that for a second that I lost 10 pounds of fat. Could you ask me if I lost 10 pounds of water because of inflammation, because of the steroids? Easily, easily. I could gain six, seven pounds with just eating salty things and my leg would swell up because of the lymphedema. When I have big fluctuations upwards and I have big fluctuations downwards, I always try to keep them in perspective. This weigh-in put me... 9.2 pounds away from the 175-pound milestone. I'm approaching the four-and-a-half-year mark here. I started this whole thing January 12, 2019. I've told you that many times. On July 12, 2023... It will be exactly four years, six months since I began all of this. On that day when I walked in the studio, I had one thing in my mind. I was going to lose 200 pounds and I was going to reevaluate my life. Losing 200 pounds would not be the end 
that was always the case since the day I walked in. But I was going to lose 200 pounds and reevaluate my life. And here I sit, almost four, year, four and a half years into this, just another couple weeks to go. And I am nine pounds away from 175 pounds. Whenever I get the 175 pound milestone, I will be 25 pounds away from the initial setting of the goal on day one when I walked into Weight Watchers. I don't know that I've ever been this close to any goal in my life. And it led me to think about some other things. My weight when I stood on the scale on Saturday morning was 229.8. I officially, at this moment in time, have no clue of the last time I weighed this low. I have no clue. I have at this point a guesstimate. And the only reason I have this guesstimate is because of my waist size, not because of a scale result. In the sixth grade, I had a 42-inch waist. I didn't keep that 42-inch waist very long. I was much bigger than that in middle school. The only reason why the fact that I had a 42-inch waist stands out so much to me is that during that time period, there was a kind of, there was a brand of pants that were extremely popular with teenagers and 20-somethings, and they were called Z Cavaricis, an Italian designer. I mean, they were really popular pants. At the height of their popularity, I was in sixth grade, and at my size... I was wearing the last, the biggest size they came in. So let's just say I was not wearing them very long. I believe somewhere in this world, there's a picture of me graduating elementary school, you know, graduation day. And that is the last time you see me in Cavaricis. That is the only reason I could say that at 229.8, At the maximum, it would be sixth grade that I weighed this. But it was probably even before that. Who knows? Now, my 200-pound goal would make me, from the day I started, would make me 195 pounds when I get it. As I stand here, I'm 34.2 pounds away from that. I'm 34 pounds away, or actually I'm even less. I'm 30 pounds away from the first number in my weight being a one. I can't even tell you the last time my first number in my weight was a one. This is all real talk here. This is just, this is just me laying it all on the line for you here, okay? Okay. Because 
every once in a while when you've been here and you've been doing this long enough, if you, if you stick to what you do and you accomplish great things and you set goals and you knock them out of the park as you go through life, you will have moments like this and you won't have to invent them. They're just going to hit you. And the funny part about all this is none of it hit me until I was writing it on the piece of paper to talk to you about my weight this week. I was writing the journey updates and all of this hit me. On Saturday when I weighed in, it didn't really hit me. I just weighed in, stepped on the scale, recorded it, and went to my workshop. Because it's kind of crunch time. When I come back from my walk on a Saturday, there's about 30 or 40 minutes. Shower, dress, get ready, and go to the workshop. But it got me asking myself, how did I get this far? What did I do? What's so different this time that I am finding such success in this go-round versus every other time I've tried to do anything? Not just Weight Watchers, but any program. The only thing I could tell you here is at some point, I flipped the script. And there, was, there must have been some sort of discovery that what I wanted for my health was more important than what I wanted in the moment. You see, every time we have a choice to make in life, we can ask ourselves the same question, regardless of what subject the choice is about. You can ask yourself, will making this choice bring me instant gratification or delayed gratification? Sometimes we're about to make an impulse purchase. Sometimes we're in a situation and we didn't expect a certain a certain thing to be served or you know food to be served or whatever. And then when you're sitting there considering this impulse purchase or you're sitting there considering staring the food you're staring at, you can ask yourself in these two moments is making this choice get giving me instant gratification or delayed gratification. There's one thing I've learned from pursuing fitness that is almost, it it is, it definitely is. It is a biblical lesson being taught. And maybe you guys, you won't be able to see this, but I I look, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And not everybody does. And I'm not here to preach to you of what you should believe or not believe. But that's what I believe. 
And if I could sum up what becoming healthy or my pursuit of becoming healthy has done for me, the biggest lesson I'm being taught here is delayed gratification versus instant gratification. And this is a biblical discipline. In the book, Luke chapter 9, 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. We could take this scripture and we could easily apply it to fitness. If you will deny yourself what would bring you instant gratification, pick up your troubles, no matter what they are, and continue forward toward the one thing you've wanted for how many years? Is that not denying yourself? Is that not dying to your desires in the name of something great? And as I go through this fitness quest, I could see that I am also being taught that all of these same principles that I'm learning about becoming healthy and staying healthy can easily be applied to a relationship with Jesus Christ. All of it. All of it could be applied. Every lesson learned in pursuing health and fitness is a, in broader scheme of life, in, in, when you take the 30,000 foot view from the airplane down, when you look at the entire journey of all the lessons being taught, we are being taught to deny what we currently desire in the name of something so much greater. In the name of of wanting something so much greater than we can ever imagine. But for some of us, that goal is so far away that it's much easier to look at what is instant gratification. For me at this point in my journey, it is easier to see what delayed gratification will get me because of how far I've come. But the thing is, I didn't get here instantly. I got here making small changes over long periods of time. Learning that as much as I valued things that made me happy in the moment, in the process of all this, I learned that As I excelled, these things I thought that were so important, they just felt less and less and less important. 
the closer I get to where I want to be, the closer I get to the destination I had set for myself on January 12th, 2019, the less important the here and now is. There's so many people out there talking about live in the present, live in the now, live in the moment. If you're always living in the present, if you always have your eyes on the actual moment and what will make you happy right now, you can't see if what you're choosing right now is good for your future or detrimental to your future if you're refusing to look there. And I mean, I started this way too. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like it wasn't me, just the same as it was you guys or anybody that might be listening right now. So many of us waste so much time trying to figure out ways to continue behavior that put us in this position in the first place. Rather than having an open mind to learn the lessons we need to learn to find the balance we've always needed so we can achieve what we've always wanted to achieve. So many of us right now are wasting time trying to figure out new ways to make it feel like we're eating ice cream than it is to learn how to find, find balance with actual ice cream. It's possible to find balance with these things that caused you trouble. Balance doesn't mean finding a substitute so you can eat it every day of the week. That's not balance. That's the exact same behavior. It's just a substituted device. At any given moment, anybody who is doing something like that can instantly find themselves holding what caused them the problem in the first place because their substitute just was no longer good enough. Where the key to it all always was figure out how to find balance with the culprit, with the troublemaker. And the only way you learn that is delayed gratification. Because the biggest thing delayed gratification teaches us is the discipline that we always needed to achieve that new version of ourselves that we've always wanted to become. The more that I progress here, I firmly believe that everything I'm being taught, everything I'm being taught is also teaching me, even though I can't, I'm, I listen, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm no closer to Jesus than anybody else listening to me. In fact, I'll probably argue that I'm further away. And my knowledge of scripture only gets me in more trouble for knowing it. I know that I have to make things right in my walk with God at some point. And it's going to be the only way I complete the whole thing. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. 
And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. Now, there's some of us that were kind of stuck in the middle. And we're so obsessed. It's kind of like the opposite of what I'm teaching you today. We're obsessed with the total amount that needs to be done. And we concentrate on the goal, on the result. And the one thing we shouldn't do is concentrate on the result. And I've told you this before. Concentrating on the result takes your eyes off of the work that's involved. Because if you don't get the result you want, you're going to be angry at the work you need to do. Like it or not, the work we need to do needs to be done every day of the week in order to get to where we're going. And when we set our goals, like I did on January 12, 2019, we also set the amount of work that needs to be done in that moment. Whether we realize it or not, we have set it. When we make our declaration like I did, I'm going to lose 200 pounds and then I'm going to reevaluate my life. We are setting the work. And the more detailed your declaration, the more work you're adding. My work never had an end date. Although I did place end dates on short-term goals many times. But I learned that lesson a long time ago. If you said, I want to lose 200 pounds in two years, you would be setting a different level of work than someone that just said, I want to lose 200 pounds. It's different. Can you see? We make the declaration. We tell the world, the universe, what we want. The opportunity is everywhere. You're not guaranteed any result, even if you do everything perfectly. But if you do everything wrong, you guarantee failure. You're not guaranteeing success by doing everything as perfectly as possible. But... You're guaranteed failure if you don't. And so maybe you're sitting there today and you're looking at the total amount of work and you're so concentrated on, well, I only lost half a pound this week. I got, I got 150 pounds to lose. And half a pound is just not enough. You're going about it wrong. The concentration should always be on the work. What do I do consistently? What don't I do consistently? What I can't stand doing. If you're not doing anything right now and you're just kind of in limbo, my advice to you would be to think about what it is you don't want to do the most. Whatever that is. Something you hate doing. Something you can't stand whatever it is, that is what you need to do to get going on your journey. And in order to move forward, the lessons start needing to be learned. And if you're overwhelmed right now, if you got anxiety and you're like, you just don't know where to start, you don't know what's wrong, you don't know why why you're in this position, but you're 
overwhelmed with all the stuff you need to do. Maybe you're trickling a little backwards and you're gaining a little of the weight that you lost back and you're getting nervous and you're getting anxious and you have anxiety, fear that you're going in the wrong direction. You feel like a failure. It doesn't matter. Where you are right now can be corrected. It's simple. There's nothing complex about it. Everybody has a level of work to do. There are certain things that you have to do on a daily basis, no matter how many people tell you you don't have to. The hardest things to do in this life are the things that need to be done the most. Regardless of what any program, any person on the program will tell you. There, is, there are plenty of enabling messages out there to slow you down. Whether you want to go extremely slow or extremely fast or whatever you want to do, again, that is the level of work that's going to be added. There's all kinds of questions involved here. Or is what you're trying to do sustainable if you're trying to make such huge cuts so you can get results quickly? Is it sustainable? That becomes the question. Or are you wasting so much time enabling bad behaviors that you don't even realize you're enabling? There's so much about my position here, how I see things. When I'm standing there and I, and I watch many of you and I could see if I watch and pay attention long enough, I could see you go through cycles. And sometimes you don't even realize it. There's, you know, it, it could be a six-week cycle. It could be an eight-week cycle. Could be a three-month cycle. And you go through the same peaks and valleys of everything in the same distance of time over and over and over again. Each time you have the opportunity to learn the lesson. And each time you make the exact same choices that cause the cycle to continue each time. The, the, the problem with that is from my perspective, the problem with that is I cannot point it out. I cannot say this is your cycle. And even if I had absolute proof, you would deny it. Even if I had it written down when each turn of the cycle happened, I could say to you on uh, June 20th, you did this. And six weeks before that, you were in the exact same position. Even if I had it written down like that, you would deny it. No, no, can't be. Can't be. And yet the cycle continues. Whatever position you're in right now, whether you're in the cycle and you don't realize it, whether you're afraid because things aren't going your way and you're afraid to go in the wrong direction, 
whether you're overwhelmed with the amount of work and it's just not happening fast enough for you. Like I said before, there's a certain amount of tasks that needs to be done on a daily basis for every single one of us. Everybody might have, some people might have some different tasks. Some people might have a different amount of tasks, but there's a core group of tasks that needs to be done by all of us. And if they're not done, you're the one living in the prison, screaming to get out. Meanwhile, you're holding the key in your hands. You know, when I think about the person that might be overwhelmed by how much needs to be done, there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's an old holiday cartoon, one of my favorites. And there's a song during that cartoon. And it's, it always sticks out in my mind throughout life because it's, it's, it's a song about life. It's not a song about Christmas. You know those claymation movies, you know, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Rudolph Shiny New Year that they made back in, God, what was it, the 70s? I, whatever it was. But there was one called Santa Claus is Coming to Town. And there's one song, or there's one part in the movie. This, the whole story is about how Kris Kringle became Santa Claus. And all of the steps he went through in life to become Santa Claus. And there's one point where he meets a guy called the Winter Warlock. And the Winter Lorlock is a mean man who won't let him pass and is determined to destroy him for even attempting to pass. And Kris Kringle hands him a gift. And it, as mean as he is, it, it almost breaks his heart to know what he intended for Kris Kringle and for Kris Kringle to give him a gift. But it leads to this song. And I'm going to play this song for you today because the song is not just about Christmas or it's not about Christmas at all. It's about making a change in your life so that you can get to where you're going to go. And the song is called Put one foot in front of the other. Because that's all you need to do. If you're overwhelmed right now, one foot in front of the other. If you have anxiety and you're afraid you're going in the wrong direction, just put one foot in front of the other. If you don't know where to start, Take the one thing you don't want to do the most and put one foot in front of the other. I really am a mean and despicable creature at heart, you know. It's so difficult to really change. Difficult? 
<laughs> why, why, look here. Changing from bad to good's as easy as taking your first step. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door. You never will get where you're going if you never get up on your feet. Come on, there's a good tailwind blowing. A fast walking man is hard to beat. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other. And soon you'll be walking out the door. If you want to change your direction, if your time of life is at hand, well, don't be the rule, be the exception. A good way to start is to stand. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. If I want to change the reflection, I see in the mirror each morn. Oh, you do? You mean that it's just my election? Just that. To vote for a chance to be reborn? Put one foot in front of the other and soon you are walking across the floor. You put one foot in front of the other and soon you are walking out the door. Put one foot in front of the other. Soon you are walking across the floor. Put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking out the door. <laughs> you know, I love that song. It, it puts a smile on my face just listening to it. And in the making of this episode, I probably have listened to it so many times. <laughs> and I'm, I'm walking around the house whistling it. <sighs> you know, the childlike innocence of that song is so wonderfully simple. And yet, its message will automatically be rejected because in most people's minds... Nothing could ever be that simple. Yet, having childlike innocence is also biblical. The principles are biblical. Childlike innocence, the simplicity of how a child sees things, is just what you need. to get to where you want to go. 
these principles I present to you every week. They may sound simple or childlike when you think about how you like to look at things. You may want to discount them because you would like to believe your situation in life is much more complex, yet these principles are the foundation of a 165-pound-plus weight loss success story. Everything I teach, everything I tell you that I've done, everything that I recommend that you do is the foundation of my success and the principles are so simple. Don't fall victim to what I talked about last week. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go to episode 144 after you're done here. People in this world will believe anything they hear for two reasons. One, because they want it to be true. Or two, because they are afraid it's true. This principle is also simple and yet so extremely effective to throw you off your course. And you must not allow it. You simply must not allow it. Your belief that your situation in life is too complex is foolish. And it is also the prison you live in. You tell the world how everything is so different. And you believe it in your own mind. This is the prison. You've put the limitations. Because something you heard, you just decided to believe. The only person that can get you out of that prison stares back at you in the mirror every day. You hold the keys. My methods, they may sound simple. And they undoubtedly are. However, not a single thing about them is easy to do. You know, there are people out there that believe that when we die, we see kind of like a highlight reel of our entire life. But the thing is, in that highlight reel, we don't only see the good things that we've done. We also see the bad. In other words, you see the whole truth of what your life was up to the moment of death. But what if there was more? What 
if you also saw everything you were supposed to be? What if you saw all of the things you were supposed to achieve in your lifetime? I think that most of us would certainly come to realize that the reason we never achieved any of those things is exactly what we see staring back at us when we're looking in the mirror every time we face it. Now, I don't know about you, but when it, if that's the case, and I'm standing ready to enter the gates, I wanna know that at minimum, I did 99.9% .9 of the things I was supposed to do. If that's the case, I will happily walk in. If it's not the case, I'll wonder what if. You know, in this life, you're gonna have barriers that separate you from what you want. It's inevitable. And the things we struggle with the most are always going to be at the core of each of those barriers. The good news is, these are the kind of barriers we can deal with. However, the barriers that create some of our biggest problems literally have nothing to do with what our actual struggle is at all. And they have everything to do with the simple fact that you had absolutely zero clue just how uncomfortable this quest for health was going to become. And God forbid, you should be a little uncomfortable. The majority of you out there listening to the sound of my voice right now, you're all in. You're all in and you'll do whatever it takes as long as it doesn't get too uncomfortable and the minute it gets a little uncomfortable you go whoa whoa wait a minute wait a minute it's got to be easier than this it's got to be that it can't be that's what's required and then you decide to start cutting corners and you might maybe you succeed a little bit but you're the results you're getting are the kind of results people get for cutting corners but that doesn't work for you. You don't like that. So you start complaining and you start blaming the system. But the only person to blame is the one who decided to cut the corners in the first place. Look, the one thing you could say about this whole thing is none of it is gonna be easy. All of it's gonna be uncomfortable. So if you get this stupid notion in your head that you can do this in a comfortable way, forget it, impossible not gonna happen if you want what you say you want do what you have to do it is that simple it is easily said but it will be the hardest thing you ever do but you know what you know what the best part is at the end of it all you realize every bit of it was absolutely worth it. All of it. All of the pain, all of the struggle, everything. Because you're worth it.
I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.